listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. It's our Miracle Month. We're going to have testimonies to share with you in this month of June from what happened in the month of May. And I am excited to share testimonies with you very shortly. Take a minute to share the broadcast. Um, someone just asked, who deleted you? Who deleted you? Uh, who was it? Janice? Janice said, who deleted you? Um, I want to talk about this today because it blows my mind. By the way, I hope you have something good to drink. Get yourself a pad and a pen. We're going to talk about it today. Um, who deleted you? So as you know, if you joined me last night, last night we talked about this incident and everything that's going on. Um, the, the, the riots in the streets. We talked about race relations. We talked about uh, the murder of George Floyd. We talked, I mean, we, we covered a lot of ground last night and it was a little bit of a longer broadcast. We went about two hours. And, um, and so when I woke up this morning, I was going to check it. And, um, when I went to check it online, I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram story, or I don't know if you saw, uh, where did I put it? I put it on Instagram story. I put it on my Instagram feed too. Don't know if you saw it, but literally I wake up this morning. Broadcast hasn't even been up for what? Eight hours. It's not been up for 12 hours yet. And they've completely deleted me. They've completely deleted me. And so I go online to uh, Twitter, Periscope, and the broadcast is completely gone. The posts are there, the shares are still there, but it says the broadcast is no longer available. Broadcast is no longer available. So I'm sitting here, and, and this is the immediately, the first thing that come, comes to my mind is this. It blows my mind. You look, and I was talking to several people this morning as well. You look at everything that's going on on social media. Everything that they're allowing, Dennis, if you're going to watch it, it's still on YouTube right now. It's still on YouTube right now if you want to watch it. And um, I downloaded it quickly because I'm not going to let them delete it forever. If I've got a copy of it, if they try to delete me everywhere. But you look at the hate and the foolishness that's being spewed on all of these different social media platforms. None of it gets touched. None of it gets moved. None of it gets taken down. People share it, retweet it, heart it. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Literally, it's everywhere. And especially right now, the broadcast was from last night, Randall. When we, we talked about uh, George Floyd, the protests, we talked about how Christians should respond uh, to injustice. That was the title of the broadcast. How should a Christian respond to injustice. And um, so I'm sitting here thinking to myself, and you look through, go look through social media today when this broadcast is over. And you know, as well as I do, there's stuff up there that's offensive. There's stuff up there that is completely out of line. There's stuff on social media that's completely inappropriate, never gets touched, never gets moved, never gets removed. It just sits there. People share it. People hype it up. And then you start to realize, then you start to realize that if it doesn't fit the narrative of the people that 
are running those things. You know, it doesn't, it, 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 it blow, what blows my mind is, is that you've got somebody, I'm sure what happened, obviously, I'm sure what happened is some snowflake online got all offended and bent out of shape about probably just my broadcast title. They probably didn't even click in to watch what I was saying. Because if you clicked in to watch what I was saying, then you, there's no way that you could be offended because the whole basis of my message was love and love one another and stand up in love and, and, and help your fellow man and don't be offended and don't hate people because of their skin color and don't allow injustice. Be, when, you can have, when you can do something to stand up and help and to protect, protect and to prevent, That's, that was the whole message. And so some snowflake saw the hashtag, hashtag George Floyd, hashtag protest 2020, and probably saw something about Christian on there and got all ticked off and probably reported me uh, to Periscope or Twitter. And the stupid thing about it is that, you know, free speech does not apply on social media. It just doesn't. They're privatized companies that make you sign a, a terms and conditions policy and, uh, and, and literally you're subject to whatever their guidelines are. So it doesn't matter. Congratulations, Mike, for winning Mustache May, by the way. It doesn't matter what you say. Like that whole, if you watch that whole, and it's still up on YouTube, so if you want to go watch it, watch it before they try to take it down there. If you understood anything of what I was saying last night, it was nothing to be blocked. It was nothing to be deleted. It was nothing to be removed. It was actually something that was extremely helpful to society and culture and what's going on right now. But you look at what's going on. And let me tell you, one of the things that I'll prove to you by stuff like this happening is that, and I dealt with it very first thing, everything is spiritual first. Everything is spiritual first. It's not natural. Everything originates in the spirit realm, whether wicked or righteous. It originates in the spirit realm. And there is always an anti-Christ agenda. Alicia, it's still available on YouTube for now. If you go check it out after this broadcast is over, it's still up on YouTube. But understand something. There's an anti-Christ agenda that's at work in the earth. And it wants to suppress and stop the message of Christ. It, and you would be helping me if you spread that video around. If it's, on, if it's still on Facebook, share it on Facebook. If it's still on YouTube, share it on YouTube. Because people need to hear it. But, but understand this. There's an anti-Christ agenda. You know, people that always said that that was conspiracy theory and that that's not right. And, you know, you, you're all just thinking more, more than you should about it. I mean, anybody that used to think that way should now be able to wake up and see clearly that there is an antichrist agenda at work in the earth. I mean, if anybody that denied that before, if you can't see it now, I don't know what you're looking at. I mean, like, you know, all of these things where they said people are just randomly showing up to protest. It. How, answer me a question, how are all of these pallets and pallets and pallets of bricks just showing up in protest locations hours and hours and hours before anyone gathers? How are there just pallets of bricks delivered and sitting on the side of a 
a neighborhood sidewalk. On, on a wooden pallet, piles of bricks stacked up professionally, shrink-wrapped, and, 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 uh, and set there. How is that? Let me tell you how. Because there's an antichrist agenda at work in the earth. Hey, Brandon, yeah, the broadcast from last night was deleted from Periscope and Twitter, completely removed and taken down. Why? There's an antichrist agenda that's at work in the earth that wants to stop the message of the gospel and stop the message of love. Anything, if you'd have watched any part, there wasn't even a part of my broadcast last night that could be taken hatefully. I spoke in love the entire time and and spoke about loving people. So you start to realize that if it doesn't match their narrative, if it doesn't match their narrative, then they're going to remove it. If it doesn't match the agenda that they want to push, the Antichrist agenda, then they have the power to remove it. See, this is why. Now, I want you to think about this. This is why that I was talking about this all during the Spirit of Faith sessions. I talked about it um, during that whole during March and April when everybody was clapping and applauding for church online. Oh, isn't it wonderful? We're going to church online. All you've got to have happen. I don't know how nobody thinks like this. All you've got to have happen for church online to be non-existent is start saying things and preaching things that those with an antichrist agenda hate and don't like. You start speaking out against wickedness. You start speaking out against sin. Look how quickly, I bet you money. You know, that's all that it takes. Shut the church buildings down and then let them all migrate to online churches and then start speaking and actually preaching what the word of God says. Guess what happens? The Facebook page that you've spent years and years trying to build and tons of money trying to boost posts is immediately gone for no reason. Just like happened to my friend, Pastor Cody Spencer with the Uproar Conference with no explanation and for no reason. They just took down the Uproar Conference Facebook page that they'd spent years trying to build followers, posting, boosting posts financially so that people could see what God's doing in the young people. And for no reason and without warning, completely removed his Facebook page from Facebook. And they don't have to answer to you. And there's nobody to call. There's nobody to complain to. It's a privatized company. All that they have to tell you is that you violated our terms and service. Well, let me tell you something. There was nothing that they did that would have violated Facebook terms and service. Nothing. And so you understand this. All that has to happen. And I don't know why people don't understand this. You put your whole ministry, you put your whole church into the hands of privatized companies that are full of an antichrist spirit and agenda. And then you're going to be blown away when they delete your church, when they delete your church's YouTube channel and delete your church's Facebook page and delete your church's Twitter account and Instagram account. You can't be surprised as we move further towards the coming of Jesus Christ, when people start getting deleted, when people start having their entire pages taken down with no explanation, you can't be surprised about it. 
And I agree with Pastor Bill Motley. This is the greatest hour for the supernatural church. We have to stand up, not be afraid of what's sweeping through the world, not be afraid of pestilence and famine and wars and rumors of wars. We can't be moved by hatred against other our fellow man or others that are walking in hatred and an antichrist spirit. It's time for a supernatural church to rise up and to live the way that the New Testament church lived and not allow. I was <clears throat> I was happy to see like Dr. Rodney Howard Brown who saw this coming ahead of time, saw it coming way ahead of time and said, you know what? We're not going to depend on YouTube and Facebook and Periscope. We're going to build our own uh, server and have our own, uh, basically our own network online that if everyone takes us down, we still have a voice and any of our followers can still watch any of the messages, any of the live streams, very intelligent, very intelligent. It was a word from the Lord because that's what's coming. That's what's coming. If you think that privatized companies run by liberals with a leftist and an antichrist agenda are going to just sit back and let you preach the unadulterated, pure gospel of Jesus Christ on their platform and not get mad about it and not try to stop you, then you've lost your mind. And that's what's going on. And that's what will continue to happen. All it takes, you know, here's, here's what's insane is that I spent two hours last night preaching a message of love and preaching a message of healing, and all it takes is one offended person that probably just looked at the title and hit the report button on Twitter to report it to the uh, admin or whoever's running the censorship, and without even watching it, it got, and probably without even the, the censorship department, they can't watch they don't have the manpower to watch every single video that was, that's been reported. They don't have the man. Think about how insane that is. They don't have the manpower to watch every single video that's being reported by people on their, but all they have to do, all that has to happen is for somebody to be offended. If someone's offended, we would rather remove somebody's entire post without even looking at it without even uh, weighing the content of that went out on the platform. And if, oh, just if one person's offended, we're going to remove it off. We're going to take them down. We're going to cancel them. We're going to ban them. And you don't think it's happening. It's happening. Happens to my cousin, happens to my family, happens to other preachers. It happens because the antichrist spirit of this world doesn't want the message of Christ to go out. And that should show you how close we are, how close we are. Go to Matthew chapter 10. Let me read you something. Matthew chapter 10. And we're going to talk about it today because here's the key is that just because people don't want you to say it doesn't mean you stop saying it. Amen. Just because exactly. Brandon said, I did a test. I reported egregious language and hateful speech from a leftist and Facebook said nothing in their post went against Facebook policy. So you can get on, you can use foul language, you can say F you to everybody that opposes the way you feel. Literally, you can do all of that. You can talk hate, you can spew hate. Well, nothing in their post actually... Uh, Nothing in their post actually violates our terms and service. Yeah, 
Exactly. Carrie said, anytime I report a promiscuous picture of scantily clad women, it never violates their guidelines. However, Pastor Daniel McGee was fully deleted for laying hands on the sick on social media. So you can see what's going on. You can clearly see what's going on. There is an agenda. There is a move to silence the church. And you look what's happened. You take the church out for just a short period of time and look what's happened around the nation. This wasn't happening when the church was in full force. You shut the church down for a short period of time and look what happens through the nation. Rioting in the streets. People getting murdered. People getting looted. People getting burned. People getting stolen from. Shut the church down. I will just do online church. Good for you. Shut the church down for a short period of time. People are, people are fools if they think everything's the same. Oh, it's all the same, brother. It's all the same. No, the church needs to stand up and be counted and not be dictated to by anybody, by anybody as, as to what we can or cannot do. People, well, it's only, it's only a short period of time. It's only a short period of time. It's as long as they want it to be, genius. That's the whole point. Well, it's only 10 days. Yeah, that's what they said at the beginning. Well, it's only 15 days. Only, only They extended it to 30 days. They can extend it as long as they want. And as long as they've got pushovers that refuse to stand up and do anything about it, it can be as long as they want it to be. Blows my mind. And then you've got the president who finally stands up and backs churches and says, "Open the ch- let's open the churches back up, make them essential. And you've got pastors that stand up, actual pastors that should actually care about their sheep, that stand up and say, well, I know the president said that, but we're just going to keep on doing it like where we're doing it until the Lord tells me differently. Oh, really? Because you, no, you had no issue having regular church. Isn't it interesting to you? I want you to think about this, and I love pastors. I'm not cracking on anybody in particular. I'm just saying it's a thought process. Isn't it interesting to you that God never spoke to any pastors before covid to take their churches to online only. Isn't that interesting to you? Think about it. God didn't speak to any pastors, any, to go to online only before COVID hit. Then COVID hit and they were forced, they were forced to go online. And now that the government wants to open it back up and the president of the United States wants to make all churches essential, well, we could, we just feel in our spirit to just continue. In, in, in our, you didn't feel to do that before you had to. You didn't feel to take your church to online only before you were forced to. And every retard online that stood up and said, um, well, you know, the Bible says in Romans 13 that you're supposed to just submit to the governing authorities. Yeah, they were. It's very interesting that you submitted to the governing authorities when they said shut down. But now that the govern, governing authorities are saying open back up, now people don't obey Romans 13, do they? Bunch of fools. They won't obey it. Well, who does the, who does the president think he is? Tell us to open up our church. Stupid. It's not the president telling you to open up your church genius. It's the Lord. He doesn't have to say anything. The Lord would have never shut the church down in the first freaking place. People aren't smart. Because no pastors, none. I didn't see any pastors, none. And trust me when I tell you this, I'm for pastors. I love pastors very much. I support them. I'm on their side. But to watch them, to watch them 
sit back and say, well, I don't care what's being said. We're not opening back up. I ha- I saw a pastor online that actually said, we'll not be coming back to church ever until the Lord appears to me and tells me it's time to come back. He said that from his pulpit, from his pulpit, we'll not go back to church until the Lord Jesus himself appears to me and tells me it's time to go back. That's That was said by an actual pastor online. Absolute foolishness. How do you, let me ask you a question. How do you even, how do you even fulfill the ordinances of the church without gathering together? If one more genius stands up and says, well, brother, the church is not a building. The church is the people. Yes, the church is the people. And the people were were commanded to gather together in person. Well, brother, you know, the church is the church isn't a building. It's not bricks and mortar. The church is people. Yes, very true. And the church who actually obeys the Bible is the church that gathers together in an assembly. P- dumbest things people are saying. I can't I can't even believe how dumb people got. It's not a building, brother. It's not a brick and a mortar. It's the people. Yes, it's the people. And the people have been given commands by God in his word to assemble together and to not forsake assembling. And as you see the day of the Lord approaching, gather all the more, not less. And if people don't understand that there's an antichrist agenda, You honestly think the reason the whole place shut down was because of COVID-19? I'm not saying it wasn't a real virus, but twice as many people died of the flu. You look back when H1N1 hit, more people died of H1N1, swine flu. Far more people died of that in America than COVID-19. They didn't shut anything down. They shut nothing down. Nothing. It is an antichrist agenda. And if people don't understand that, they need to get their heads out of the sand. Get your head out of the sand and know what's going on. And if you just look at this, I don't want to see churches shut down. I don't want to see churches have their Facebook. But if you really get to the black and white of it, most churches don't even preach a strong enough word to be taken down. There are so many seeker-sensitive churches. There are so many churches that would never even preach anything against sin. Well, brother, we don't want to make the people uncomfortable. Good job. Keep the sinners living in sin in total comfort while they sit in your church for two years and never feel the need to change because the Holy Ghost isn't even convicting people in your church because you don't have the Holy Ghost in your church because you don't even preach the gospel in your church. So, I mean, like, give me a break. Well, we don't want the people to become uncomfortable. Oh, I'm sure you don't because you need their butts in the seat to pay your mortgage payment that you can't afford because you bit off more than you can chew and you've got to preach a seeker-sensitive message to keep people there paying tithes into the offering plate rather than standing for what the Word of God actually says. And that's the hard truth about what's going on in many, many places in America and Canada and Europe. It's the hard truth. People have sold themselves out to have a bigger, you know, not everybody. I'm not saying it. There's, there are big churches that have not sold out. I go to one. I go to one here. Bishop Rick Thomas, Abundant Life Church in Margate, Florida. That's a Holy Ghost church. It's not, it's not a seeker-sensitive. I wouldn't attend a seeker-sensitive church. 
He's a Holy Ghost man. I've watched the man operate in the Holy Ghost. I'll sit there. There's times we've had services where he's not even, I'm not even going to get into my mess. I'm not going to preach it. I remember one Sunday he said, I just feel the Holy Ghost. Tell me we've got to lay hands on every person that's uh, 30 or under. And then out they came. Phil went around the church. Massive sanctuary. It became an impartation service. It's not, you know, they don't do that. <laughs> they don't lay hands in seeker-sensitive churches. They don't anoint with oil in seeker-sensitive churches. They don't pray in tongues in seeker-sensitive churches. Well, brother, we don't want to freak out the visitors. They need to get freaked out. They need to be freaked out. Well, we just don't want them to be uncomfortable. They need to be uncomfortable in sin. That's the whole point. The Holy Ghost doesn't leave you comfortable in sin. The Holy Ghost doesn't leave you comfortable in sin. He convicts you and draws you to Jesus. So understand. Need to understand what's going on. That's right, Brandon. So I just want you to hear this. Listen to Matt. I told you to turn to Matthew 10. This, this is, uh, this is interesting. The Bible says, I'll start with reading with verse uh, 16. Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to the courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you'll be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. They walked in and arrested Dr. Rodney Howard Brown and other pastors in America for just holding church, literally. And of course, all the charges had to be dropped because it was unconstitutional. Everything was reversed, all charges dropped, and an apology. You, you, can't, you can't do that in America. You could do it in other countries, but you can't do it in America. But it's just part of what Jesus taught, that they will come in and they'll take you captive. You'll be dragged before governors. When they deliver you over, don't be anxious how you're to speak or what you're to say, for what you're to say will be given to you in that hour. For it's not you who will speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death and the father and his child. Children will rise against parents and have them put all to death. And you'll be hated. Catch this. You'll be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly, I say to you, you'll not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple, now catch this, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It's enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they called the master of the house, Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household. You see that? How much more will they malign those of his household? So what Jesus is teaching here is that 
If they hated him, they're going to hate you. And he plainly says, you'll be hated all over the world for my namesake. You'll be hated all over the world for my namesake. That's a prophecy from Christ. And it's happening to this day and has continued since the early church all over the world for my namesake. People are being killed. Do you realize to to this day, in 2020, people are still being killed, brutally killed and tortured because they serve Jesus Christ in a nation that does not approve of people serving Jesus Christ. Do you realize it's a, in some nations, it is illegal to serve Jesus Christ. Illegal with heavy penalties to serve Jesus Christ. There are people that still to this day are giving their lives just to serve Jesus Christ. I remember reading this on, uh, I, I think it was the Jerusalem Post. It was either Jerusalem Post or it, or it got brought over to Fox News on my Twitter feed a couple of years ago. That in the Middle East, um, in Iraq, these men, these Muslim men in a town went into a woman's home. I mean, it was, a, it was appalling to me when I read it. You know, no matter how much you've seen, no matter how many movies you've seen, no matter how many murders you've seen, when you, you read about it happening in real life, it still shakes you to, to your spirit. And I remember reading this, that Muslim men barged into an old woman. She was an old woman, like in her 70s, barged into her home because they knew she was a Christian and dragged her out of her house into the center of town in that place in Iraq. This was just a couple of years ago. And they gave her a public, a public opportunity to deny Jesus Christ and to convert to Islam. Think about this. Muslim men grabbed this woman, gave her a public in the town square, public opportunity to convert to Islam or die. That was her choice. You can convert to Islam or you can die. And the woman said, no, I love Jesus. I'll not convert to Islam. The men held torches to her body until she was burned to death. They burned the woman in the streets for refusing to convert to Islam and staying a Christian. It's still happening. That's not first century stuff. That's happening still in this decade, in this time. There's people that are still being killed right now today Only for only reason is they serve Jesus Christ. They serve Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. And it's Jesus' own prophecy to his people. You'll be hated all over the world for my namesake. We don't know about that kind of persecution in America yet. We don't know it here. They don't know it in Canada. They don't really know it in in these Western parts of the world like they do in other parts. But as the world continues and as prophecy keeps being fulfilled, they will know it. And then when you remove the salt and light of the church from the earth in the rapture, they'll really know it. They'll really know it. Because the moment you take the uh, element, the salt, the element that preserves the earth, that's what salt was, was used for. Understand, 
It was a preservative before we had refrigeration or freezing technologies. You know, they had to, they had to uh, preserve meat and salt was a way, and it's still a way that they use preservatives to keep something good longer. And Christ made that analogy and said that uh, the salt of the earth was the body of Christ. We are the salt of the earth. What does that mean? We are the element that is currently preserving the earth. We are currently preserving the earth. From what? Destruction. As long as the church, full of the Holy Ghost, remains on this earth, we are a preserving force. Do you honestly think the devil would not have liked to take over before now? Of course he would have liked to. Of course he would have liked to run everything and come take complete control. But when the church is still here, we have dominion, we have authority, we take control. You say, well, you know, really, there, there's all kinds. There's all kinds of evil things happening on it. Yes, but it's not going to be anything like what it what happens when we leave here. It'll be nothing like what happens when the church is gone. You remove the salt, the preserving force, and the light. I'm the light of the world. You're the light of the world. You take out the light. You take out the salt. Not only will it no longer be preserved from destruction and rot, but all the light will be gone and the darkness will flood the earth. Darkness will flood. We just finished our New Testament Bible reading challenge. And if you went through the book of Revelation with me when I did and read the things that will happen when the judgments are being released from heaven and a third of the earth is wiped out immediately. I mean, you you go through and read through, through those judgments, the bowls, the trumpets. Let me tell you something. It's not going to be anywhere that anybody wants to be. The Bible says people will wish they were dead and death will flee from them. And we are the church that preserves the earth. We are the element, our prayers, the gospel being preached, the hearts of men being turned away from wickedness through the message of the gospel. It is the force that brings righteousness into the earth and drives wickedness out of the hearts of men. And an antichrist spirit and an antichrist agenda does not want that to happen. And Jesus was very plain about it in Matthew chapter 10. He said, you'll be hated all over the world for my namesake. Not because of who you are, because of who he is in you. So don't get upset when people hate you because of what you believe. Don't get upset when people are mad at you because of the church you attend and the things you believe and they think you're a fool and call you a fool, call you an idiot. Well, you just don't understand. You're just not smart enough to know. If you had more intelligence, you'd understand that that stuff's just a big myth. Understand it. Understand it. You realize that and even any even any atheist that's honest can't call themselves an atheist they have to call themselves an agnostic because even with a scientific theory or proof you can't prove that there's no god and so even any atheist that's honest and intelligent enough to be honest has to call themselves an agnostic because the the truth of it for them is they just don't know they just don't know but we know and we see the proof of Christ. We see the proof of his love. We see the proof of his power. We still see signs and wonders and miracles. We still see people's lives completely turned around 
When I tell you testimonies of people who come in completely racked by drugs, prescription medication, uh, you know, murderous spirit, all, and you see in one night without rehab, without having to go stay 19 weeks at a rehab facility, in one night, God turns them around. They come back the next night, like looking like a different person. As the one lady in New England told me, I've been on heroin every day of my life for the last however many years. I woke up this morning. Not only did I not do heroin, I didn't even have a desire to do heroin. And you see somebody come back and their life turned around by the power of God. And without a rehab clinic, without having medication or weaning them off drugs, and you see that there's a power in the Holy Ghost. Well, it was just mind above matter, brother. You just got her to believe a positive thing. And she was, no, don't tell me that somebody just had a mind over matter experience. They had a Holy Ghost over wickedness experience. And he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Free indeed. No more chains. Every invisible prison has to open up. When the power of God is at work, when the Holy Ghost begins to move, then things have to open up. Prisons open. Graves open. The dead come to life. Diseases have to go. Sicknesses has to go. De- uh, have to go. Depression has to go. Anxiety has to go. Addictions have to leave. When the presence of God is manifested, the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Second Corinthians 3.17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Let me encourage you today that for us, the believer, for the faithful, it's going to be a year of freedom and glory and blessing. And it doesn't matter what the Antichrist spirit and agenda that's sweeping through this earth wants to happen. You cannot overtake the church. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There is nothing that the devil can do to prevail against the church. He's already defeated. And if you're part of Christ's church and doing what Christ called you to do, then you cannot be defeated and you will not be destroyed. I can't stand hearing people, well, brother, we need to pray. We need to pray, brother, because the church is in trouble. What church? What church is in trouble? Not the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. If the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is in trouble, somebody fired Jesus from his position. Somebody removed Jesus from his own position if the church is in trouble. And I'm telling you, the church is not in trouble and will never be in trouble. You can't put the church in trouble. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not, will never prevail against it. You can't stop the church. You can't, you can't look in, look in nations, look in nations like I was just talking about where it's illegal to be the church like China and underground churches thrive throughout China, thrive underground churches everywhere because even in a place where it's completely illegal and the penalties are high and the, uh, uh, you can't stop the church. Look, let me tell you something. When you go back to the early first, second, third century, before the peace of the church, when all, when all the persecution was heavy duty, 
when people were being torn apart, when people were being fed the wild animals in coliseums in front for people's amusement, when people were being crucified and tortured, when people were being cut in half, when people were being beheaded. Let me just tell you something. Let me tell you something. That would have been the time where you th- where you see well, you know, we just don't want to pay the price to be a part of this uh, Christianity. You know, we're going to go ahead and say it wasn't true. You know, if it was really a myth, Jesus didn't uh, rise from the dead. Nobody is going to sit through that kind of punishment and torture to keep a lie the truth. Every single one of them was willing to give their lives for the fact Jesus is alive. We saw him. We saw him after his death. We saw him after his resurrection. He stayed with us for 40 days. He showed himself to over 500 of his followers at one time, 1 Corinthians 15. And they were all willing to be tortured and killed for one fact, Jesus is alive. So you need to hear it. You can't destroy the church. Even during the first two and a half centuries into the third century, as this was you know, people were spread all over the earth. The diaspora went out across the earth and everybody had persecution coming at them for being a Christian. And they were looked at as, you know, as revolutionaries, you know, false teachers looked at as a cult. And they were, we're going to squash, we're going to squash the church. We're going to squash Christianity. You couldn't do it. They turned the whole world upside down and it spread throughout the earth and everybody Hallelujah. Everybody heard the message of Jesus Christ. And it was irresistible, irresistible, irresistible. Miracles, signs, wonders flowing through the earth, proof of Jesus' resurrection and his power. And it's still happening 2,000 years later as we come to the end and Christ is about to return to this earth. Let me tell you, we are not in trouble as the church. We're on fire as the church. We're the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We're a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden, a light that cannot be hidden. Let me tell you, the world shouldn't be looking down at us. They're looking up to us in times just like this. In times just like right now, when everything seems dark, when everybody seems to be in a place of of panic and anxiety and stress, this is the time that people should be looking up to the church as a city set on a hill that cannot, a light that cannot be hidden. Let me tell you, the church should rise up and not fall down and start getting involved with hate and anger with everybody else. Stand strong, stand tall, be the light that cannot be hidden, and the world looks up to you, they don't look down on you. That's exactly right, Carissa. We're not in trouble, we are the trouble. We are the trouble. Jesus was trouble for the devil. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, the Bible says the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Destroy the works of the devil. Jesus was trouble for the devil. Love you, Ben. Jesus was trouble for the devil. Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God... How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went went about doing good 
and healing all those that were oppressed of who? The devil. Anybody that the devil began to oppress, Jesus would come and reverse that curse and heal them. He always was trouble for the devil. And I want you to put it in the comments today. I am trouble for the devil. I want you to put it in the comments right now. I am trouble for the devil. Put it in the comments and know that it's true. I am trouble for the devil. Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. I am trouble for the devil. And know that it's right. You should look in the mirror every morning and declare, I'm a troublemaker in the kingdom of darkness. You look at yourself, the one who's God, who God has anointed to carry his power and authority through this earth. Look in the mirror in the morning and say it to yourself. I am a troublemaker in the kingdom of darkness. In Jesus' name, I'm trouble for the devil. I'm trouble for the devil. I'm trouble for the devil. I carry the power of God. I carry the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I am trouble for the devil. He doesn't want to see me coming down the street. He doesn't want to see me going through my neighborhood. He doesn't want to see me walking in my generation. I am trouble for the devil. When the rapture takes place and the church is swept out of this world, the devil will be dancing for joy to see us leave. That's the kind of church that I'm going to be is the kind of a church that when we leave here in the rapture, the devil will be dancing a jig, so happy that I'm gone. He's finally gone. That's the kind of church I'm going to be. I almost said, thank you, Jesus, but the devil would never never, never say, thank you, Jesus. I'm trouble for the devil. That's exactly right. And don't be discouraged because people hate on you. Don't be discouraged because they speak against you. Don't be discouraged because there's going to be people that stand against you. Don't do that. Don't allow yourself to be put in a place uh, you know, where you feel anxious, depressed, where you feel, uh, don't do that. Know that you're the one that carries power. You're the one that carries an anointing. You are the one anointed to bring this generation from death unto life. That's why I'm proud of guys like Brandon and Juan and those that said, you know what? I'm just going to go out and have my own meeting and I don't care. Get yourself a stage, set it up somewhere in town and just start preaching and watch people come to Jesus at the altar that you have made in the middle of a city somewhere, just talking about the goodness of God. Trouble for the devil, total trouble for the devil. That's the key. And we have to make up in our minds that we might be living in a world with an antichrist agenda that wants to shut us down and shut us up. I've made up my mind, I'll never shut up. Listen, if you try to delete me, you try to ban me, you try to block me, I'll find platform after platform after platform. If I have to create my own platform, I'll create my own platform. But you will not shut this mouth. You'll not shut it until I leave this earth in the rapture or by death. And by the way, you can't kill me because the protection of the Holy Ghost is around me and the power of God. Thank you, Jesus. The power of God is guarding the people 
that are doing what God has called them to do. Amen? Power of God is guarding you, watching over you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Watching over you. I'm t- I feel the anointing. <clears throat> I hope you feel it today. Well, brother, we don't have to feel it to know it's there. No, but it's nice to feel the power of God. And I hope you can sense what I'm sensing today. The power of God, the power of God is working on your behalf. You'll not be defeated. Hear this. We're staying on this confession that this year is a year of violent increase and expedited favor. Violent increase and expedited favor. Hallelujah. It's a month for testimonies. June is our month for testimonies. You know why? May was our month for miracles. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. I want you to put it in the comments right now. June is my month for testimonies. June is my month for testimonies. May was your month of miracles. This is your month of testimonies. And I'll tell you this. I said this last year, and I'm going to bring it up again. One of the things that I started to confess and prophesy at the end of last year was that God will move and work so swiftly in 2020 that by the time June comes to an end, he will have accomplished all the things we're believing for in six months and that we'll have to set all new goals for the second half of the year, July through December. I started saying that in the fall of last year, that God will move so swiftly. What's the confession? Expedited favor. I've been saying it since the fall. Expedited favor. And I said, I'm telling you, get ready. God's going to move so swiftly, so quickly, that by the time June comes to an end, that God will have done so quickly what he said he would do, that we will have to set all new goals for the second half of the year. Put it in the comments. June is my month for testimonies. I want you, I want you to highlight something. I want you to highlight a verse of scripture in your Bible. I'm going to pray for you in just a minute. Hallelujah. June is my month for testimonies. That's right. my month for testimonies. I feel the anointing. (laughs) I feel the Holy Ghost on this broadcast today. Somebody's going to another level today in Jesus' name. You're not going to wait till the end of June. Today, somebody is going to a new level by the power of God. Get ready. June is your month of testimonies in the wonderful name of Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Brandon. It's your month of (laughs) testimonies. I feel the breakthrough. I want you to take your Bible out. I want you to highlight a verse of scripture, one verse that you hold on to tightly through all of June and for the rest of the year, if you'd like. But I want you to hold this. Let this be your scripture in this month of June. Take it. Take it out, 
the book of Psalms. I want you to go with me to Psalm 147. I've got a verse for you. I want you to take strong hold of this verse and let it be your confession as we go through this entire month, the month where God's going to complete. You know, what's interesting is that we would, we would normally expect God to complete his word by, before December comes to an end. But I heard the Lord say it. I heard the Lord say it. He said, I am going to move so swiftly in 2020 that before June comes to an end, what they've been believing for will come to pass and they'll have to set all new goals for the second half of the year. I want you to write this down. I want you to highlight it. I want you to underline it. I want it to be your daily confession. Psalm 147, verse 15. Verse 15, let me read it. Speaking of God, he sends out his command to the earth and his word runs swiftly. Hallelujah. He sends out his command to the earth and his word runs swiftly. I love that phrase. His word runs swiftly. Did you highlight it? Did you underline it? His word runs swiftly. Listen to the New Living Translation. He sends his orders to the world. How swiftly his word flies. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I love the New American Standard. He sends forth his command to the earth, his word runs very swiftly. Thank you, Lord. His word runs very. Listen to this. Listen to this. I don't know if you guys have this version. This is the Net Bible, the New English Translation. New English Translation. Listen to this. He sends his command through the earth. Swiftly, his order reaches its destination. Woo, hallelujah. Yeah, NASB is word for word. Listen to the net. He sends his command through the earth. Swiftly, his order reaches its destination. Thank you, Jesus. Swiftly, his order reaches its destination. Now, let me encourage you with this. When God speaks a word... I'll actually turn there and read it to you before we pray because this is what you need to hear about what I just had you underline and highlight in your Bible. His word runs very swiftly. The reason that's so powerful for you to understand is found in Isaiah 55, 11. You know it very clear. You should know it by heart now. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and it shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Hallelujah. Psalm 147 and verse 15, Alexandra. Psalm 147, 15. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. His word can't come back empty. It can't come back void. 
So catch this, as he sends that word out through the earth and it runs swiftly, that means it's command, as the net Bible says. The command reaches its destination quickly, which means it has to respond quickly, which means it has to bring back the harvest of what he said quickly. It's not something that's going to take 10 years. It's not something that's going to take 20 years or five years. Quickly, in Jesus' name, his word returns and does what he sent it to do. And his word runs very swiftly. And that means that in the month of June, that's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're talking about. In the month of June, <laughs> whoo, glory to God. Something's getting ready to change for everybody watching. Carissa said she likes the Amplified. It says, he sends forth his commandment to the earth. His word runs very swiftly. Very swiftly. It reaches its destination. It's going to be a month of accelerated testimonies. Accelerated testimonies. Accelerated things that you would have normally had to wait till the end of the year to see God do. That what God used to do in 12 months for you, he's doing in six months for you in the mighty name of Jesus. And this is going to be our month of accelerated testimonies, accelerated testimonies. We're going to go further faster. That's right, Billion. Accelerated testimonies. It's what's going to happen. And we're going to hold those testimonies in our hand in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And before June 30th comes to an end, we will hold our testimony and give God praise and give God glory for what he has done. His word runs very swiftly. Thank you, Lord. Whew. His word runs very swiftly. And so you get ready. I'm going to pray for you. You get ready for an experience with the Holy Ghost that is going to be different than you've ever seen. How quickly God will move in your life. How quickly God will move in your ministry. How quickly he will move in your business. How quickly he will move in your family. How quickly he will move in your marriage. How quickly he will move in your finances. I'm telling you, get ready. His word runs swiftly. His word runs swiftly, and it's running swiftly on your behalf. It's running swiftly ahead of you. Hallelujah. His word goes ahead of you today, making crooked places straight, removing obstacles, preparing you to run with momentum in Jesus' name. Get ready to see the goodness of God manifested. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for all of your people, the family, the victory tribe, I pray for them today in Jesus' name. I ask you, Lord, that this would be a quick month of miracle testimonies. We will hold them in our hand. Thank you for the things you did in May. Thank you for the things that you accomplished in one month in May. But now in June, we'll give you the praise 
Now in June, we'll give you the glory. It's our month of accelerated testimonies in the mighty name of Jesus. We will hold them in our hand and we will give you all the glory and all the praise for what you're doing in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you. We give you honor. We give you praise that your word never returns empty or void, but it always accomplishes what you send it to do. We thank you that your word says that you have exalted or magnified your word above your name. And so, Lord, we give you praise today. Nothing can stop your word. Nothing can stop your command. Nothing can stop your agenda. For we are the body of Christ, and we cannot be defeated, and we will not quit. In the mighty name of Jesus, give us boldness by the power of your spirit to continue to speak the word as it should be spoken and to do what you've called us to do. We're not in trouble. We're in victory. In Jesus' name, and if you believe it, throw some fire in the comment section, Victory Tribe, and let me know that you believe God's already working it out. God's already working it out. We're not in trouble. We're in victory. We're not in trouble. We're in victory. Hallelujah. We're not in trouble. We're in victory. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, get ready for the best days you've ever seen are getting ready to hit you in a month of accelerated testimonies, accelerated testimonies. Put yourself in position. Listen, if you believe in what we're doing here, if you believe in what God's called us to do, and you're a part of it because you're a part of the victory tribe, now's the time. I want to encourage you to sow a seed in this beginning of the month of June. Sow a seed. This world is hurting, but the body of Christ is thriving. While the world may be hurting, the body of Christ is thriving. We have to thrive in order to be a blessing to the world. We must. We can't sit back and just let things go as they would if we weren't here. We stand in power and we take our authority. We take dominion and watch what God will do. And this is our month to hold miracle testimonies in our hands. There's people that are believing. It's Psalm 147 and verse 15, Alexandra. Psalm 147, verse 15. His word runs very swiftly. Thank you, Jackie Blake. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for those of you that are standing and sowing. I want to encourage you to partner with this ministry. Time's running out and Jesus is coming. We've got to work the works of him who sent us while it's still day. The Bible says the night is coming where no man or woman can work. And we're not going to miss our opportunity. We will not miss our opportunity to see people changed by the fire of God, the mighty power, power of the Holy Ghost. That's right, Judy. We take dominion. God is great, Montgomery. That's right. We're not in trouble. We're in victory. Hallelujah. And if you and the Lord is speaking to you. There's those of you that are watching. The Lord is speaking to you to stand with this ministry and partner. You can go to miracleword.com today and partner with us every month. Do what you can do and what the Lord instructs you to do. That's where the blessing is. It's not doing what I tell you. It's doing what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And when you stand in faith and declare, I will be obedient to the leading of the Spirit, that's where the blessing comes. That's where overflow and increase happens in your obedience. Exactly. 
Exactly right. You can use hashtag donate as you've seen others doing in the comments if you're on Facebook or uh, Periscope or Twitter if they haven't deleted me yet. <laughs> as they did with the broadcast. Listen, if you want to see last night's broadcast, it's still available on YouTube. If you want to go see it, what's a Christian's response to injustice? Go watch it. I don't know what they're going to try to do, but it's available right now. I know that. You can use Cash App or Venmo. Usernames are the same, MWGive. Or you can use PayPal if you'd like to. Best way, no matter where you are in the world, is to go to MiracleWord.com. And from there, you can set up a monthly seat, weekly, however you'd like to do it. And we say thank you. For everybody, let me say it again, everybody that's standing with us and sowing large seeds, $1,000 or more, we're not only sending you the Life Application Study Bible, Genuine Leather, but right now, thank God they're in, the Further Faster Hardcovers, limited edition with a dust jacket. It's available. We've got it here in the office. I'm going to sign them. We're mailing them to you to say thank you. These... Um, these won't be available for purchase. They'll not be available at the meetings. We're reserving these for those that are standing with us in partnership. And we've got them. Uh, some have already gone out. More are going out today. I can't wait. I can't wait. Can't wait for you to get yours. I love you guys. Don't forget also that we have Miracle Word University that is uh, available for everybody. If you go to MiracleWordU.com, I can't stress this enough. Miracle Word University is something the Lord specifically spoke to me when I was in Atlanta, Georgia. He specifically spoke to me and said, put something together that will not only raise up leaders, but teach people the power of why they believe what they believe. And so here's what, here's what I'm doing. We've put together Miracle Word University with online courses. If you've never even checked it out, check it out online courses that take you through topics of study, the Holy Ghost, divine healing, prayer, faith. If you've never been a part of it, now's the time to jump in. We've got the best deal that we've ever had uh, available. We bundled all the courses together uh, into one long course, and um, it's only $199. That means you get a whole course for free, 28% off, and it's available right now. Um, at MiracleWordU.com, MiracleWordU, the letter U.com. And uh, people always wonder, they say, well, what is it? What's it like? You know, thank you, Sierra. What, what's it like? You know, is there a deadline? There's not a deadline. The nice thing about it is that you can do it at your own pace. You have the videos forever on your phone, tablet, on your laptop. You can watch them at your own pace. You can take notes. You know what's great? You can put comments and interact with me, others in the course. It's, it's, a great, it's a great environment to learn the word of God and to be built up for what you're called to do. And so what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to play a preview for you. For nobody, If you say, what's it, what's it like? I want to give you a sample. I want you to see what it's like to be a part of of those courses. And we've got new courses coming soon. I'm very, very excited about it. So if you would check this out, I love you. I'm going to be back with you guys again tonight, live at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Don't miss it tonight, live again, 9 p.m. Eastern time. I'll be back to hang with you. Enjoy this preview and I'll see you tonight.
Love you guys. So in this video, I want to quickly show you something that I was speaking about in a previous video, and that is when we were talking about the measure of faith, uh, one of the warnings that uh, I give you and that you find in the scripture is to not exceed your measure of faith. And there's a reason that we talk about this. It is I mentioned in the uh, previous video that it's damaging to you if you try to operate outside of your measure of faith in the same way that it would be, uh, I use the analogy of going to the gym. And if you try to lay down on the bench press and put more weight on the bar than your body can handle, although you might be able to get to that weight one day, you're not there today. And so trying to operate in that level of strength when you're not there would end up being damaging to your body. If you didn't injure your uh, shoulders or strain your muscles lifting that weight, you would actually just drop the weight on yourself and maybe crush your chest. And so it's important to understand that you should never exceed your measure of faith. As we showed you in Romans chapter 12, the Bible says God has apportioned or dealt out to every man a measure of faith. And so it's important that you understand that you are currently at a certain level of faith. And uh, as we read that, uh, I'll read it to you from the NASB in this video, uh, Romans 12, 3. The Bible says, for through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. So there is a measure to your faith. It's at a certain level right now. You should never try to do things that are beyond that level. I'll give you an example of that in a bit, but let's look at 1 Corinthians 7, 17. 1 Corinthians 7, 17. Listen to this. Paul writes, only as the Lord has assigned to each one, as God has called each in this manner, let him walk. And so I direct in all the churches. You see that? Only as the Lord has assigned to each one, as God has called each in this manner, let him walk. So don't walk outside of the manner in which God's called you and assigned you and purposed you. Let's go on. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Listen to this. But we will not boast beyond our measure. You see that? We'll not boast beyond our measure, but within the measure of the sphere, which God apportioned to us as a measure to reach even as far as you. For we are not overextending ourselves as if we did not reach you, for we were the first to come even as far as you in the gospel of Christ. So understand what Paul's teaching here. We're not overextending our measure. We're not going beyond what we should be doing. We are operating within the sphere of our apportioned measure of faith. It's important to stay within your measure. Ephesians chapter four and verse seven, the Bible says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And then finally, let me read to you first Peter chapter four and verse 11. The Bible says, whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God and whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. 
so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So from these verses of scripture that I'm reading you, you can see and understand that there's a measure of faith in which, in which you're currently standing that God has blessed you with and that you've grown to that level that as Paul taught, you should never try to operate outside of your measure of faith. And one of the ways to ensure that you never operate outside the measure of your faith, and this is so very important to listen and adhere to this thought. One of the best ways, and I'd say it's the best way to ensure you'll never operate outside your measure of faith to the harm of yourself, your family, your ministry, whatever, is to only ever do what God called you to do. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.